Good evening, everybody. Good evening, ma'am. Um, excited to be here today. Haven't really done this thing in a while, so bear with me while I navigate through sharing my screen. Oh gosh. Okay. Fine. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Okay. I think this is my screen. And pardon the light. I see. This is a new place. Yeah. So okay. I don't really know what to do with the light. It's just shining directly on my head. It's and the light it's... of the glory of God. <laughs> so bear with me. Can you see my screen? Yes. Okay. Um I want I want to show only the slide that I'm on, but I don't know how to do that. Technology is not my forte, sorry. Um Pastor, can you help me? Like I want or do I do it change it? No, just just click on view and then slideshow the first one. Yeah. There you go. Oh, great stuff. Okay. So, yeah, so same. Let me show myself so I'm not a bit lost. Okay. Hi, everybody. So, um, I'll be facilitating today's session. And, yeah, welcome. Um, I hope you've had a good day. My day was very busy. And, yeah, I had to keep myself awake to stay and be able to join the session today. So I hope you guys have not had too busy a day. I hope you've had a good day. Um, so today we're looking at the part three of the money talk and it's if money talked part three and it's a flipped script. So Continuing from um, what we've been doing so far, what we've been looking at so far. Perfect. So I had like a quick, like just some points. To be honest, I had to go back and listen to the videos because I actually went, was not in the session when it was done. So maybe I was cheating, but just bear with me. Um, just some... <clears throat> lessons I like to share that I got from the last two sessions that we we've gone through just a recap so the first part we're looking at how um if money could talk some advice that money would give to us if money could talk about money could talk to us and the first part we looked at how um money does not Okay, money can add meaning to our lives, but money is not the meaning of our lives, essentially. And I just coined that from that, that our reliance should not be on how much riches we've accumulated, how much things that we have stored. Because like Andy said, we'll, we'll die. Everyone's bound to die. Or if we don't die, Jesus comes. You know, like I always tell my mom, what people will collect the money. <laughs> so the money is not going to, you know, our joy, our satisfaction, our confidence, what 
boosts us should not come from how much we've accumulated, how much money we have in our accounts. That should not be what our reliance is on. And the second um, point, just a recap from part two, was how we, we, I learned that we should be accountable and responsible with our money. We, um, money is a tool and we're meant to, it's meant to serve and we're not meant to become slaves to money essentially. So um, we shouldn't let money call the shots in our life, but rather we should own it and you know, detect it, what it should do and not allow it to call the shots in our life. So that was just a quick, just a quick recap on and what we went, what we've gone through in the last two parts, part one and two. So before we go into today's video, I'm talking a lot. Don't worry, I'll soon give time for everybody to talk. But before we go into that and actually look at the video that we have for today, just some questions I'd like to throw to the house. Ooh. Oh, this is it. This is the video. Okay, so before we look at the video, I just penned down some questions about money just to get us talking to hear our thoughts. So I said, let's discuss money. No, there's nobody like, see, in the UK, we're going through inflation, and I reckon everywhere in the world now, you know, there's a bit of a crisis with money. Uh, so how does that make us feel, you know? Seeing that the price of goods are going up. I went to the shop the other day and I wanted to buy chicken breast. That used to cost like two pounds something. The money is now like six pounds plus. And I was just staring at, staring at, staring at the chicken like, wow, this is just chicken. <laughs> chicken is just costing so much. Like, what will I start eating? I just start swallowing air because everything is expensive. Uh. So what you projected when you're going to the shop, sometimes you have to spend more. I reckon that makes us feel, you know, a certain way. For sure. So thinking about that, the first question I'd like to throw to us is, when we get money, when you receive money, when you have money in your account, and for those of us who work, when we get paid, salary comes in, you know, what's the first thing or people, those that don't work, if you're a student or you know whatever level you're at, when you get money, cash in hand or in your account, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? What's the first thoughts that you have? Like payday has come, or I just got gifted this amount of money. What's the first thoughts? What's the first thing you think about? What's the first thing you're like? Ah, money equals this thing first, you know. Chinese. Anybody wants to start? Chinese. <laughs> <laughs> Is that Chinese at food? <laughs> oh, I actually like that. Okay. So food. Yeah, important. So and anybody else? We're, we're going somewhere with this. Oh, excuse me. Mine is where's this going to? Pardon? Mine is, wh wh where is this money going to? What, what is it going into? 
because I already like, have like, a, like a list of plan do. already. So I'm like, the first thing that comes is which one, which one exactly mm. am I using this for? Like, yeah, because there's so many about. things that because, you want yeah, to do. Because yeah, there's you. just this list and you're like, oh, what's this, what I is can this really... going to be for? Yeah. Someone said food. Someone said bills. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, keep it coming, keep it coming. Bills and shopping, yes. <laughs> Tight. <laughs> Tight, okay. This is after we've, we've had a lot, of, <laughs> a lot of bills and shopping, okay. Tight, good. Anything else? Food, yes, times two. Times two. <laughs> I like that. Because now you have to start considering times two. Because what you get for the price of one now is, you know, it's just what it is. Anyone else? One last one. And I'll say yeah, mine. What I think about when I see money. Investment. Investment. Ooh. Your name says Bilonia. I agree. Investment. That's kind of like saving. That would be like me when, <clears throat> when I get money. The first thing I think about is how much can I put aside? This is just being honest. How much can I put into my savings? Because most of the things that I want to do are not like short-term. If, for instance, you've done like your long-term, your short-term goals and you have like long-term goals, I start thinking, oh, for this long-term goal that I have that I want to achieve, how much from this money I've earned or I've received, how much can I put aside? Essentially. So that's still a bit, you know, me, 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 self-centered. We only have one person say tight, no offering, mm. no charity. Okay. Um, second question. Would you consider yourself impulsive or a planner in terms of money? Would you say you're an impulsive person? Like once the money comes, you just it goes here, goes here, and that's it. Or you're like, you're one who has to sit down, write it out, map it down. Or even before the money comes, you plan how you're going to spend the money. Anybody? Well, let me go for it. Okay. Good evening. Good evening, I will say, I, I will say I'm, a, I'm a little bit of both, but I'm more of a planner. Okay. Because um, judging by my current um, financial situation, I cannot even afford to be impulsive. <laughs> I believe impulsive people are good to have a lot of money. So, so okay. I'll say I'm more of I'm more of a planner. But um it's more like I, I have I have like in my head, I have like a percentage, uh, more like what Annie just said. More like what you just said. Like there's mm. a percentage I know that I can't go be beyond this threshold. Mm. And that's after there are some things that I like categorized as statutory um, deductions. <laughs> then there are some things that are okay. This is within my um, spendable income. So I have spendable income, I have statutory deductions, and then under statutory deductions is where we have all those um, tight investments and all those. So it's from the budget of um, spendable income that I can call myself a little bit impulsive. Mm. okay that makes sense i like that so i can't i feel like 
the people who are like saying they're planners, they're more of like um budget kind kind of person, people who like strictly monitor how much they use. And um, billionaire if I wants to say something. Yeah, um putting it in percentage, planner, impulsive, 90%, 10%. Okay, so you're a bit of both. Yeah. Mm. So planning 90%, 10% um, impulsive. Okay, that's interesting. Um, so we have some comments. Christy says she's a planner, even before the money comes. Present, I'm there. Like the money has been, I've not seen the money. Sometimes I don't know how much I'm getting paid, but the money has, before it enters my account, the money has gone. Another planner in the comments. Doka says she's a planner. Adela is a planner too. So like this, we don't have any impulsive people. Wow. Me, I'm 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 50 50. <laughs> I like um, it. And I think part of, my, part of my excuse for the impulsiveness is fate. <laughs> <laughs> Because whatever, especially when what, what just came in is not enough for what is on mm. ground. I can as well be impulsive and trust that God will. <laughs> mm. Okay. And trust that God will make it up one way or the other. Like sometimes, yeah, we we, we get money. <laughs> We get money on the like it's not something we're expecting, and I and Kola would say, ah, no. Let, let's just spoil ourselves. <laughs> let's go buy Chinese food. And we're not quite all right. Yeah, this money, this uh, money is been for something else. And we will uh, sit down and eat the Chinese food very well. <laughs> then the next morning we look at ourselves and say, okay, okay. now how do we do it? <laughs> and that example really ties into what we're looking at like as yeah. well and what we did last week like okay. accumulating sometimes we accumulate too much and we actually forget to enjoy the present and just keep looking at what it is we need to plan to do what we need to achieve mm. but then we're skipping the now which is quite interesting um, before I go to Dylan, Dylan was raising his hand but someone in the comments says depends on how big the money is okay if it's small, I don't plan, but if it's a little more, then I have. Okay, oh, that's interesting. That's interesting. Um, so um Dylan, do you want to tell us what? Yeah, much like most of these people, um, I find myself to be a bit of both mm. a planner and impulsive. Sometimes when I'm in university, I can't help but just get a pizza. Yeah. Yeah, that's all. Yeah, not alone. <laughs> yeah, that happens. <laughs> that happens. Thank you all for your comments. Oh, okay, two more people raising their hands. Man, this thing has refused to stay in one place. So excuse me. Um, is Lydia and okay? Yeah, it was Lydia. I think she dropped her hand again. Okay. Does anybody else want to say something before I go to the last question? And then we can watch our video. No? Okay. Last question. I really like this question. So what is your idea of financial freedom? We hear this a lot, especially now when, you know, money is like a big thing. Everyone's talking about money. You can't avoid it. And encouraging young people, you know, to make wise decisions about money. 
um, investments. We had some people talk about investments, savings and all that. So what do you, to you, what do you consider? What's your own idea about of what financial freedom means, financial security, financial freedom? Dylan is raising his hands. Please talk to us. I don't know the exact definition, but I'm, a, I'm just going to guess. And I think that financial freedom is the ability to spend however you want without mm. actually having to worry if, uh, if anything bad will happen afterwards. Mm. But, you know, you'll still be good once you're spending. Mm. Okay. Like. I like your divination because it literally ties into what we're going to talk about today. So it's basically you having money and being able to spend it for yourself, essentially. Okay. Because so um, Henry says, when money works for you, <laughs> when money is your servant, nice. Um, Dockers has her hand up. I can't actually, okay. Yeah, Dockers and then Lydia. Yeah, Dockers has her hand up. Please. Go on, Dokka. Um, for me, financial freedom is a stage you get in which whatever you are spending on is not coming by how much you have. But if what you want to spend on actually pleases God. Sorry, can you repeat yourself again? The line was breaking. I said financial freedom for me is the stage to get in whatever you are spending on does not depend on how much but if what you are spending on because you like it keeps going in and out. Yeah. Sorry. What I got was that you said or oh, you can type in the chat and you can read it out. Well, yeah. the beat I had was that financial freedom is the stage you get to where, how you spend or what where you spend is not tied to how much money you've got. Mm, mm, that's a deep one. By faith. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're spending. <laughs> Your account is red, but you keep spending. I. <laughs> that fits nice. <laughs> Oh dear. Okay, so Bilonia if I had something to say. Or was okay, it Lydia? Um, yeah, yeah. Um I for me can I can I go ahead? Yes, please. Okay. All right. Um I think I think what comes to my mind is that financial freedom get level. <laughs> I think financial freedom is in different levels, but um, okay. but there's a basic there's a basic side to financial freedom, mm. um, which has to do with the fact that um, coming down to Nigeria times, you know, they struggle to get anything where you won't get. I think on on the basic, your food, pay for your shelter, get some clothes, go to where you want. To. Mm. Essentially, there's like cash flow. Okay. 
to go to as far as you can really do all of those basic things financially free but then financial freedom you would want to say that um having um saving investments and cash and you are able to afford a certain kind of lifestyle then it's a financial freedom but coming down to basic as far as you can get the things you want to get food clothes pay for some things that you need to pay for without mm-hmm. struggle i think that's that's basically financial freedom for me i like it very realistic definition thank you um i'll go to lydia and then i'll read the comments okay good evening everybody um yeah i would want to explain financial freedom in two ways and the first one would be tilting towards the last speaker which is being able to get the basic necessities and not having to always worry about money whenever you think about the need that's one and on the other hand i would want to define it as um the ability to be contented with whatever amount you have irrespective of your need so for me i think um that's kind of i'm defining the freedom is what i'm defining there because um my finance is not tying me down to depressed or to think um, um, to just feel bad, rather, in spite of um, my unlimited needs, I'm still contented with what I have. So I would define financial freedom in those two angles. Thank you. Okay, thank you very much. I like how you've tied it into, you know, a bit of like faith and your your belief in God, in that contentment, you know, is in there. Um, thank you very much for that. We've got a couple of messages. Hmm. I like this question that someone has asked, because a lot of people talk about, when you talk about financial freedom, lots of people talk about being debt-free, which is good, because that will lead us to what we're going to talk about today. Um, so, Ifeolua says, just knowing that it is given to me by God and I don't have to worry. I don't have to hold money like all of me depends on it. Knowing I have enough in him who gives. Mm. Knowing I have enough in him who gives. Good. Um, Doc has to finish what she was saying, says having that financial free, um, stability such that what you spend on is not tied to how much money you've got. But if what you're spending on pleases God, okay. I want to believe that these are people's ideas about financial freedom. This is not like you trying to sound politically correct. Mm. There's no right or wrong answer necessarily. Mm. It's just getting your own your own idea of what financial freedom is, because that will help in that when we watch the video and continue discussing, it all ties in. Maybe where you are at now, your idea is not. Maybe you have to flip the script on your idea of financial freedom later on in the session, or you have to maybe hold on to it. But it's good to know where you stand and not just giving like really 
politically correct, nice answers or mm. answers that necessarily sound, you know, nice to us. We don't need it to sound nice. It just has to be honest. Um, Stephen says, when you are not asking, <laughs> when you're not scared of inflation of tomorrow, brother, tell me about it. <laughs> Tell me about it. Um, as a question, we will come to the question later because I feel like the video answers this question, kind of, a little bit, or we give clarity about the question. Also, Oluwa um, Damilari, also as a follow-up question, okay, what is the cost of financial freedom? How much do I need to be financially free? Mm. Thank you guys for the question. You won't be getting answers now, sorry, for the answers will come. Hopefully when we watch the video, we'll get some answers. And if the answers have not been, or you've not gotten the answers at that point, we'll trade open and we can, you know, get to hear some thoughts, probably from Pastor and some people who are like firemen in the house. Okay, um, thank you all for your contributions. We'll go on to watch the video now, which is interesting because this is a slide that has the video. Okay, it's come up, great. Um, yeah, we'll go on to watch the video. Have your pens ready, make notes, listen attentively and actively, and we'll come back to discuss. Hopefully it plays and you can hear it. Can you hear? No. Maybe when you were sharing the screen, you, you didn't share audio. Oh, did I not? Yeah. Um, I don't know this thing, man. Should I? So if oh, you share sound. Okay. I yeah, exactly. Thank you. You're welcome. There we go. Here now. Yes, we can. Great. Thank you for calling money. This is your money. Okay. Uh, yes, no, I get it. I bet that speech at the fundraiser was amazing. Uh, but, you know, I just don't think we can give our entire paycheck to save the guinea pigs. So how about instead we start with... The percentage. No, not 99%. Thing lower. Now we're going to talk about my favorite thing. It's called a budget. Hello, where'd you go? I'm going to say a word, and this word starts with the letter B. All right, there you go. What if we budget? Hello? Now we're going to make a budget. Hello? Today I'm going to make a budget for you. Hello? Okay, that was fair. I just want to help someone make a plan. Please, let's talk about a budget. What's your emergency? Mom, I told you not to call me on this line. It's very important work that I'm trying to do here. Yeah, Mom, what joke was it? <laughs> that is a good one. Dad, you hear this joke from Mom? Yeah, Mom, tell it. <laughs> hey, Money, this is me. I'm Money. Hello, how, how, how can I help you? Oh, <laughs> yes, I can hear that you are very frustrated. Well, I don't have the authority to spend myself, uh, but I can help you figure out 
who has been spending me. Uh, are we sure that it wasn't you though? Ah, okay, all right. We can look at the statement if you want to. Yeah, on page 12. That is how much interest you are paying on your credit card every month. Mm -hmm. I did not sign us up for that deal. That was not me. Okay, so you've already bought it. Oh, so now you, you want to figure out how to pay for it. Okay. Um, uh, well, it'd be really nice uh, if we had these conversations before you made the purchase. <sighs> Thank you for calling money. Karen, I'm so glad that you called again. Now we can finally put together a, um, a plan. I don't think I sound like your father. Well, your father sounds like a very nice and intelligent man, and maybe uh, you should listen to both of us more. Oh, Karen, that is some very saucy language. I meant that as a compliment. You know what? Okay, I'm getting a call. I'm gonna have to put a hold on this. Uh, hello, money, what's your emergency? Karen, just because you call me on a different line isn't gonna lead to a different result. I am not yelling. I just need you to listen to me. Thought we were going steady. Hey everybody, welcome back to If Money Talked. As you know, we've been working our way through some of the advice our money might give us if our money could actually talk. And as it turns out, we've discovered that what our money would say actually matches what Jesus did say when Jesus talked about money. If you'll remember in session one, money said, I can add meaning to your life, but I am not the meaning of life. Life is not just a race to accumulate the most. You're gonna leave it all behind anyway. Then last time in session two, we said that if our money could talk, it would probably remind us, the moment you think you own me, well, I actually own you. When we lose sight of the fact that our money is not ours, that we're just managers, it starts calling the shot. So, like responsible, accountable managers of someone else's money, we've been tracking where it's going because everybody should be knowing where their master's money is going. Now, if you've been playing along and if you spent this past week spying on your money, you may have noticed that there are essentially, well, there are essentially five things you can do with money. Um, there are certainly categories to each of these, but essentially there are just five things you can do with your money. Number one, you can spend it, and we're all pretty good at that, right? You can pay debt, depending on how much you've already spent or misspent. You can pay your taxes, and I sure hope you're doing that. Or you can save money. And then fifth, you can give money away. Those are basically the five things you can do with your money, and for most of us, that's the order we actually do them in, right? First, we spend. Number two, we pay off debt. Number three, we pay our taxes. Number four, we save. And if there's any leftover, well, we might give some away. These are the five things you can do with money, and for the majority of people, that's the order in which they're done. Now, I wanna go through that list one more time, but this time I wanna put a little bit different spin on it. Number one thing we can do with our money, well, that's for me. The number two thing we can do with our money, oh, that's for me too. The number three thing we can do with our money, that's kind of just America and me. Number four that we do with our money, well, that's for me. And then number five, well, that's for God and others. So it goes like this, me, 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 God and others. That's how it's done in the majority of cases, and perhaps that's how it's done in your home. Now, the problem with all of that, of course, is that God and others come in last. Essentially, God and others get the leftovers. If I haven't spent it all, if I don't owe it all, if the government doesn't get it all, and if I don't save it all for myself later, then perhaps God and others will get some. This is called me first living with some leftover giving. And this is totally understandable because this is the script most of us inherited. This is what we saw modeled in our homes. And this is certainly what a culture encourages. But when Jesus showed up, 
He literally flipped that script. Here's what he said. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Now, I bet you've heard that before. Where your treasure is, your treasure is your stuff. It's your money, it's your hopes, it's your dreams, but it's your physical stuff. And Jesus says, wherever your treasure is, your heart follows. And he wasn't trying to shame us. He was actually just giving us a principle, a fact of life. Whatever gets our money gets our attention. Now, if you've ever had a new car, you understand this. For the first few weeks, maybe the first few months, you parked it at the very edge of the parking lot, right? As far away from all the other cars as you could get. In fact, if you had a minivan, you might not even allowed your kids to eat in it. You were spit cleaning every smudge. That car cost a lot of money. So it got a lot of your attention. It had a piece of your heart, right? Jesus knew how this works. And Jesus knew that our money takes a little bit of our heart everywhere it goes. So he says, if I want to know where your heart is, if I want to know what's going to get your attention, your passion, your time, then all I have to do is look at your bank statement, your credit card statement, not your Bible. If you want to know where your heart really is, Jesus says, show me your money or show me where you sent it and show me where you spent it because your heart follows your money, which brings us something I referenced in session one, but I kind of left you hanging. Jesus isn't after your money, right? What's he after? He's after your heart. And the best way for your savior, your heavenly father to take possession of your heart is to allow him to take possession of how you manage your money. Now, lots of people dedicate their hearts to God, especially in times of crisis, right? But Jesus asked his followers to dedicate their possessions. That's how you know whose you really are. Jesus knew that our money and our possessions are where the rubber meets the road in terms of our ultimate devotion. It is so much easier to give your health and your career or even your relationships to your heavenly father, right? So much easier than to dedicate your money. I mean, when you're sick, you invite God into your health. You want him to intervene. When you're out of work, you ask him to intervene on your behalf and to land you a good interview. And you want to know why it's easier to trust God with those things? Because you don't have any control over them anyway. You're relying on doctors or you're hoping the HR guy calls you back. But money, money's different because money's tangible. You get to decide what to do with it. So when Jesus started talking about where your treasure is, there your heart will be also, he meant that the ultimate litmus test for our devotion to God is what we do with our money. So if our money could talk, it might remind us, my direction reveals your affection. My direction ultimately reveals your affection, what is most important to you. Your money's direction, what you spend it on, reveals what you care about most. So let's go back to that list of priorities for just a second, how most of us spend most of our money. Remember, it's me first, it's me second, it's me third, it's me fourth. And then if there's any leftover, or I feel compassionate, or I feel guilty, or there's a tsunami or an earthquake, then, well, you know, then I might give. And if you think about it in those terms, that's kind of messed up, isn't it? I mean, to me, it's a little bit embarrassing. So Jesus offers us a remedy. He calls us to flip that script, to reprioritize, to flip that list. And don't panic. You're not going to have to give everything away or sell all your possessions. That would actually be irresponsible. That would just make you a burden on someone else, right? This isn't about living irresponsibly. Actually, it's just the opposite. Spending almost everything on you or saving it for your future, that's actually irresponsible in light of the fact that it's not even yours to begin with. So this isn't about having nothing. It's about reprioritizing everything. Here's how Jesus put it. But seek 
first. Seek first is the key. This is so important. Seek first, that is, put first, reprioritize, reorder, rearrange, rethink. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Now, the word kingdom throws us off because, well, we don't live in a kingdom, and the word righteousness sounds complicated and religious, but Jesus is saying something so simple and so important. Here's what he's saying. In my Father's kingdom, my Father's kingdom is an other's first kingdom. If you're going to follow me, it's going to be about doing what's right for others and doing that first. Jesus taught throughout his ministry that what's right for other people is what's right, that what's best for other people well, that's what's best. So Jesus says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to turn that list upside down, and I want you to put God and others first. I want you to put you second. You're still on the list. It's just that you're not at the top of the list. Jesus is actually inviting us into something. He's inviting us into a world, or to use his term, a kingdom, where we don't go first. This is his invitation to give your money before you spend it or save it or spend it in the future and consequently give ourselves to God. And do you know why Jesus taught this? Not because he wants your money. Again, it's because he wants you and he knows what's best for you. And I'm telling you, in the kingdom where you don't go first, you are going to find more peace, more joy, more purpose and more meaning. And ultimately, and you may not believe this, when you prioritize the Jesus way, when you flip that script, you will have more financial margin as well. Look at the rest of this statement. Again, these words are so familiar. And all these things will be given to you as well. And what are all these things? These are the things you worry about. These are the things you fret about. These are the things, well, these are the things that have to be done and have to be paid for. All of these things that are crucial to being able to survive, they're going to be provided for us as well. This isn't either or. This isn't others to the exclusion of you. This is about priorities, pure and simple. It's about who comes first. Seek ye first his kingdom, and he will take care of yours. Simply put, give first, save second, pay your taxes, repay your debt, and then live on what's left over. Yep. You get the leftovers. Now, let me make this even simpler for you. Here's the system. Here's the system I would love for you to embrace. I've been teaching this for over 20 years. Sandra and I have lived this way for over 30 years. It's so simple. Three words. Give, save, live. Give, save, and live. When you get paid, you invest in God's kingdom first. You give first. Then you invest in your future. You save second. And then you live on the rest. Give, save, live on the rest. This is how you throw open the door to God's involvement in your financial future. And I'm telling you, rich people, poor people, everybody in between, this is the key to financial security. This is how you live responsibly. This is actually the key to true financial freedom. This is actually the key to financial peace. You give first, save second, and then you live on the rest. Now, here's a tip. I don't want you to think in terms of amounts of money. I want you to think in terms of percentages. I want you to pick a percentage of your income ahead of time and then give it away as soon as you get it. Whatever the percentage is, and I'm not even gonna make a suggestion, you pick that percentage, whatever it is. Talk to your spouse, talk to your friends, family members, but choose a percentage. Figure out a way to get that percentage of your money out of your kingdom into someone else's kingdom before you have a chance to spend it. Pick one or two nonprofits, a local church that you love, maybe somebody that's doing stuff in your community that's near and dear to your heart, maybe something with children or foster kids or a hospital, whatever it is, and don't wait to be asked. Everybody gives, or just about everybody gives when they're asked, and just about everybody gives when there's an emergency. I want you to be better than that. 
Find organizations you love and start sending them money every single month, regardless of whether or not there's an emergency and regardless of whether or not they ever ask. Pick a percentage, then decide where it's going and let it go. And then second, pick a percentage to save. This is also a way of helping other people because you don't want your kids or your grandkids to have to take care of you, right? Preparing for your own future is a way of loving other people. So save a percentage of your money second. And then, well, then you just consume your heart out. Live on the rest, newer, nicer, upgraded, renovated, whatever. Once you've given a percentage and once you have saved a percentage, everything left over is yours to spend. That's how you guard, not just against financial disaster, that's how you guard against greed. It's how you ensure that you have your money and that your money never has you. Give first, save second, live on the rest. Now, one last thing. I want you to pay close attention to the internal tension this creates inside of you. In other words, when you start thinking about giving away a percentage of your money and giving away a percentage of your money first, it's gonna begin perhaps a little battle on the inside of you. And I want you to listen closely to those internal conversations, the ones that you have with yourself, the ones that you're preparing to have with your fiance or your husband or your wife, or maybe the conversation you're already having with me in your head, because I can hear you. You know, Andy, I'm all for generosity, and that was pretty clever what you did about the me, 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 you know, God and others thing. But if I start giving away a percentage of my money, it's gonna take us twice as long to save for a down payment. I'll be paying off my student loans till I'm dead. I want you to pay attention to that internal dialogue, that internal tension, and here's why. Because I want you to discover something about yourself. I want you to discover what is at the center of your resistance, and this is so important. In fact, I think you owe it to yourself. You, you certainly don't owe it to me, I want you to answer the question that's at the center of your resistance. Why am I resisting this? Why am I resisting this really? I want you to listen to the excuses you're telling yourself and then I want you to just give anyway. And what you might discover is this, that your resistance, it's not really about money. It's about something else. So give first, save second, and then live on the rest. And if you'll start working toward give, save, live, something will begin to happen in your heart, I dare you to try it. I challenge you to flip the script and give first. Put God and others first. Put your future second and then adjust your lifestyle so you can afford to live on the rest. It will impact every single area of your life. It will certainly impact your financial life and ultimately it will impact everybody around you's lives as well. I've seen it a hundred times. You'll come back and say, I don't understand it. I can't exactly explain it, but something has happened inside of me because of this simple financial model. Something's happened to my family. Something's happened to my finances. I can't explain it on paper, but something's different. I'm different. When you choose to put God first in a tangible way, in a way that's measurable, in a way that actually feels like it's costing you something, everything begins to change. Jesus was clear, the litmus test, and this is hard for us, the litmus test of our devotion to God is our willingness to put him first in the arena of our money and our possessions, not include him, not offer him our leftovers, to put him first in the arena of our money and our possessions. Because after all, as money would say, my direction reveals your affection. Where your money is, there your heart is also. So redirect your heart, give first, save second, live on the rest. Okay, happy days. So that was that was a good one.
We agree. It was a good one. It was a really good one. I I liked it. Okay. Ooh, okay. So just some quick things before we like ask, talk about it generally. I liked how the beginning the man was talking and it sounded like money was talking. <laughs> literally money was talking and I think for some of us our money is telling us we need to start projecting we need to start putting money aside for some of us money is saying your interest rates are going up you need to stop spending so much on your credit cards for some of us money is saying so many things so we need to listen to what money is saying and also it's interesting how the, in the beginning I asked the question about when we think about money, what's the first thing that comes, when we get money, what's the first thing that comes to, to our minds? And only one answer had something to do with time. Every other thing was bills, shopping, food. Someone said food times 10. I agree, 100%, because things are expensive. But then all of other things, like Andy said, are all about you as a person what you're getting, what you're benefiting, how you're stuffing yourself, you know, how you're, you're enjoying yourself, whether, whether it's convenient or not, but it's very centered on you as an individual. So that was interesting to see that that order, the nature of man, very predictable. We just want to have more Chinese, more pizza, more nice stuff, which it's not bad. But yeah, those are like um, some points. So I'll go on to the main, actually, should I run through my points or should I let people talk and just forget about my points? Because I had some things pinned down, but when we watch the video, does anyone have anything they want, something they learned, something they picked up from the video or because there were some questions in the beginning about financial freedom when we when we asked the question, when I asked the question. Did anyone get any answer to the question or anyone getting an idea about how they can flip the script about how they use money or how their attention and affection has been towards money? So we've got Dylan raising his hands. Yep. So in the video, I just want to talk about how the guy was basically telling us not to just spend all our money for the good of everyone else, but that we should spend our money, but also be smart about it. Mm. That's what I liked. Mm. When you say be smart about it, what do you mean? As in planning, thinking ahead. Mm. before you just spend it on others okay it's a good one anyone else I, i've loved a lot today so i've taken a lot of our time so i'm time conscious anyone else wants to say something about something they got from the i will call people's names yeah, I'll start calling people's names now. <laughs> I can see everybody's name here. So everyone was talking before. Now everyone's not saying anything. Only one person. I'll call names so 
we are reminiscing. Uh, <laughs> okay, this thing was deep. We are reminiscing. Um, I want to hear from somebody. I'll call on someone's name now. Ade Ola. Nice one. Is Ade Ola there? I think. Oh, yeah, she's there. So please, do you have anything you want to share with us? Boss lady. About how we can flip the script with money or anything you picked up from the video. She typing. Okay. Said she can't talk. Okay. That's fine. Um, I'll call on another person. I'm gonna call on someone <laughs> that will sound like I'm picking on them. Oluwada Milari. Man's house. <laughs> Do you have anything to say about how we spend money? Or from the video, generally? I can help out. Quiet talk talk now. Hello, can I? Oh, yeah, Stanike. Yes, anybody can talk, please. Go on, Stanike. Uh, just gone. Oh, yeah, I can just talk whilst, while people are getting ready. So, what I liked was how he turned um the me 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 then to the god and others it was quite interesting like mm. yeah it's the same thing i do like saying like yeah like it, it kind of shows how priorities and you wouldn't you, you usually i wouldn't see the scripture about put um seeking the kingdom of god first in monet like how we how you applied it i wouldn't see it that way but then it makes sense Mm. in all our pursuits everything has to come back to god because if we put him first then he puts us first mm -hmm. so it's a, it's a win-win situation if we're willing to just follow that structure so i mm. like that yeah thank you so much i like that too and it was interesting to say that it was five things or or four out of five were just same title mm -hmm. on ourselves and just had one and in that one, we had God and we had others as well. <laughs> so that tiny thing. But yeah. Um, anybody else wants to say something? This is the bit where I need to hear people's voices. Please. I want to say something. Yes, okay, say something. Me. Thank you. Yes, we can hear you. We now can hear you, Stanika. Go on. Oh, okay. Hi, everyone. Hi. Hi. I had to um get to, I'm in traffic. So I had to get to where I could check my phone properly to find out why I wasn't speaking. Okay. So yeah, after listening to the video, I kind of felt guilty. Mm. But then he suggests that you should um dedicate certain or budget certain amounts of your monthly income to um charity and all that. Mm. And then I'm thinking every month end you have a certain group of people that wait for month end to call to say they need money for this and that can't you categorize those people into 
charity or something because it's <laughs> basically on a monthly basis and feel guilt-free that I've done my part. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Lydia wanted to say something. Yeah, Lydia wanted to say something and we've got um, two thing. people's hands up. Stephen and I don't know YNK. Yeah, what I wanted to say was that I, I think the the last phrase, not exactly the last phrase, but it was close to the end of um what he was saying. He said, "Money, if money could talk, it would say, my direction is your affection." Is where your affection lies. Something your direction like... reveals your affection. Yeah, exactly. That's actually it. Sounded very interesting to me. That truly, if money could talk, it's wherever it is facing. That's usually where our affection lies. Mm. And I started thinking and ruminating. Like, yes, this is actually true. And somewhere, somewhere. When he was talking, I started imagining because when he was saying um, giving, giving, giving to charity, giving to this and that, I started thinking and I'm like, it's like uh, all these Oyimbo people, they like to just give charity. It's a beautiful <laughs> <laughs> because <laughs> I was just being realistic that mm. um, Black people, we really don't think like that. I don't know, I might be wrong, but I just think we actually don't. There are plenty things to attend to in the family. One actually, mm. one family member, one grandma, one uncle somewhere, who, mm. and not having to say you want to give to one charity or something. Yeah. So um, enough of my babbling. That's all. <laughs> like what you said, he mentioned that as well. That culture also encourages us to focus on the me, me, me thing. He says that in the beginning that culture is that's one of the things that culture encourages us to do. It's like it's a normal thing to not want to give. So maybe it's a cultural thing for us. I'm not sure. There are also white people who don't, they don't really care. They don't give. And there are black people who give a lot, who have so many charities that they give to and just help the community. So it could be many things, I suppose. And um, we've got Steven and I don't know if it's Inca. Or yes, yes, you are in the spirit. <laughs> Good stuff. Steven, go for it then. Why I um, hi, everyone. Um, hi. I think I like the part where you said, um, okay, even though it changed the order of um, how we should spend our money, I like the balance he gave in um, telling us also to be responsible while doing that because it's mm. possible that um, in a bit to want to give and give and give, we now tend to become irresponsible. For example, a man that is married, like you, you have your home and all, and you're just giving and giving and giving, and um, the wife and you know children and even yourself, you're. So I like the part that he, he didn't really give a fix for, okay, what you have to do for, for like giving out, but making it a, a part of you, like 
putting it as something that reflects where your heart is and your treasure mm. is makes more sense to me like okay in a bit to, to give okay it's also good to also be responsible while doing that because it's possible for you to give and give and and, and you are not really you know responsible as a resp uh, family man or something so thank you mm. Mm. thank you so much thank you yes and please I, yes uh, good evening everyone um i'll just in addition to what everyone has said and in addition to the video uh, one of the things that came out from the video to me is the i think i can just sum it up by the fact that it's saying even with money we should still be selfless and um, I could relate what he was saying with that um, similar to what Jesus Christ was um, pointing out to the rich young ruler. You know, when he felt he has done everything right and, you know, Jesus was commending him that, oh, okay, ah, you've done really well. Okay, sell, the, sell all the things you have, go and give to the poor and then come and follow me. And, in that story, we learned that the, the rich young ruler went back. He felt sad because he had a lot of things. And I, I, I related it to this video because what the man was saying is not just about the giving, but is about the, the reason behind the giving. Because trust me, there are many people who can say yes they're giving to god they're giving to charity but you and i know as well that it is not about the giving but it is about the heart behind mm -hmm. it so it, it, the rich young ruler it wasn't because he, he had a job it's not just because he had a lot of stuff but the fact that he couldn't obey the instruction mm -hmm. and the instructor you know mm -hmm. and when we compare it to someone like the widow who didn't she had she she had the least i mean she practically wanted to eat her last meal she and her child and to go die but she obeyed the instruction of the prophet and from mm. that she began to enjoy what i can call financial freedom practically so the, mm. the difference in both is the fact that you know the what 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 is the drive it's not is it just about the money is it just about um okay let me just do this because okay we were in the we were in pastor college um youth forum and we learned that we should be giving to charity so let me just fulfill that yeah. part. or because you actually have that mind you had that understanding mm. you know and with this I want to ask a question. Maybe this will throw like a little bit more light to the comments that I'm giving. When the woman with the most expensive oil broke, I mean, poured it on Jesus' feet, you mm. know, Jesus, Judas Iscariot came and with the other disciples and they were questioning that, ah, why are you allowing her to waste this perfume that? Mm they could have sold it and given to the poor mm -hmm. you know in that aspect it sounded like judas was doing what this man mm -hmm. is advising 
but Jesus made a statement. Are we going to say Judas wasn't, you know, being inclined towards, like, I don't know how I want to ask the question, but I believe I, <laughs> maybe Pastor Kala will help me to ask the question. <laughs> but are we, are we, it, 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 Judas was being, um, how would I put it, financially kind, but Jesus wasn't saying it that way. Why? Mm. I think the scripture itself, I'll give it to Pastor Kola, but I just want to say something. The scripture itself kind of answers it. Like you said, and you also answered it. You said it's not just about enlisting ourselves and doing good deeds. It's about our heart, what's driving us, what's our devotion and our, what's our affection and our devotion towards. And scripture says that the woman that broke her alabaster oil was because her affection and devotion was on God and she was pouring her heart to Jesus. And it didn't matter whether that cost her so much. She was just, it was just an offering that she was giving. Her heart was right. But scripture also says that, um, what's his name? Guy Judas. Judas wasn't doing it. I'm paraphrasing now. <clears throat> he said he didn't say it because he had the heart for the poor. He was saying it out of his own greed. It was because he had ulterior motives and he kind of answered like you said, our hearts. Whether we can decide to give to so many charities. Because that's like you said, I like how you drew the point out. The essence is not enlisting ourselves and be doing good deeds and good works only. And our heart is detached from the actual, um, what should actually drive us. What the essence, what I think Angie's trying to say is that if our devotion, if we say that our heart that we're giving to Jesus is with Jesus, then our money should also face that direction. So where the Lord prompts us, somebody says it depends on how we how we spend our money and how whether what we spend our money on pleases God. So essentially, what God lays in our hearts and how He directs us to spend our money is asking us to give a certain percentage to the poor, to Him, or for something. At a certain time, we're not wrestling. There's no hesitation. What he wants us to do with the money, we're not holding it back. Because it's easy to say we've given our hearts to God, but then money is compartmentalized. We push pushed money to one side, and money is not part of the things that we've given, essentially. But yeah, um, I think I kind of answered the Judas and Jesus and the woman thing. And you answered it too. The scripture answers it to say that Judas didn't do it because he actually cared about the poor. He did it because he had greed. He wanted to pocket some of the money for himself. And that was not the motive behind why the woman broke her alabaster or the face of Jesus. Um, yeah. If Elua wants to say something, but I'll hand over to Pastor Kala. If he wants to open the floor for if he had to say something. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Annie. It's been a beautiful session. Um, just if I go on. Thank you. Um, it's just to Sister Yenka's question and also what Andy said. So he said we shouldn't listen to that voice that comes. That's the part I want to pick out because the woman probably might have thought about it before she got the oil, she might have thought about the, the, the money she had 
and probably that was the last or something and she decided to get the hoist so Andrew said we shouldn't think about we shouldn't we shouldn't listen to that voice by speaking we should be intentional sometimes it's it's not very easy but yeah we receive grace to do that and for me as well the point i picked out as well for me is just the acronym that says give save and then leave i like the part where he talked about leaving the the part l is be wise about the living part after you have given after you have saved be wise as, as well when you're living thank you just trying to rush thank you very much Stifer. um thanks everyone i think it's been a really refreshing evening um just to I know there are a couple of questions that we've raised, which I think would find the fullest answer next meeting, which is the last part, um, mm -hmm. especially in terms of the dynamics about this whole giving to God and to others, uh, the charity aspect of it. Um, in the next, which is the last episode, it gives a framework for that. Like what kind of questions can guide you into making those concrete decisions um, to ensure that one, your priority is right in the right place and your motive is also right. Unlike Judas, which Annie brilliantly answers that. The Bible gave that commentary for us to know what Judas was up to. Uh, when he was making that uh, remark about the woman's uh, sacrificial giving. But having said all, I think that um, it comes back to practice. It comes back to putting into practice what we are learning and actually going ahead to flip the script in whatever area we need to flip the script. And I think it's timely that this is coming one at a time when indeed everyone is feeling some some sort of um i wouldn't say pangs <laughs> the <laughs> economic situation everywhere it's, it's global really there is <laughs> that and secondly it's also timely in the sense that this is the last day of the month so for some of us it will be Maybe. about the time when when in, in back when I was in uni, uh, my first degree days, we call something the week of pride or say biraga. The week of pride is the week when you are just fresh from home. You have all the provisions, you have all the money and all that. You just, you feel impulsive <laughs> to want to just spend anyhow or eat anyhow or do whatever anyhow, at least for that one week. And then maybe the next week you start drinking your Gary again, as the case may be. But um, yeah, this this might feel like that season. Uh, but before you go on and enjoy your week of pride, um, hopefully you would revert back to your spreadsheet or to the app or to whatever tools would help you to spy on how you are spending God's money, lest you be fired, borrowing imagery mm. from the last meeting. Um, and then, you know, to just be faithful, really, with the resources that he has committed into our hands. Um, but again, like I said, I don't want to give too much away. I believe the last episode or the next episode um, does a good job in concretizing what he has started um, today, especially in terms of more or less giving a framework and a work, working plan as to what that could look like.
What about the question about culture? How about Westerners yes. would give to charities? Because them, they're not, they don't feel morally obliged to their um, their families. Yeah. They would borrow, they would borrow their parents' money when they need, they'll borrow their brothers and sister money, mm -hmm. but then they'll give money to charity. Mm -hmm. Why we we are not culturally ob obliged to borrow? Mm -hmm. If my brother should ask me for money, I would give. Mm -hmm. So in and light there's of there's a that, sense of wanting to take care of our parents, um, mm -hmm. which in passing he mentioned in the presentation and says you don't want your children to be taking care of you when yeah. you're like, actually so, <laughs> some, <laughs> some parents that's want the you human. to take care of them. They start telling you from like when you start making money. There's a proverb where, where I come from that when a when a bush rat becomes um hold, he starts sucking the breast of his child. <laughs> In other words. Wow. <laughs> yes. As <laughs> though to say it gets a point when you just have to now start looking up to the kids that you've raised um to take care of you in any case of course there's that biblical injunction um to always um honor our parents and i believe that includes taking care of them and um first <laughs> corinthians 12 14 nullifies that proverb maybe maybe not <laughs> i'll see what is <laughs> um so yeah um but in terms of culture yes we need to i think we need to be intentional in seeing whatever cultural um, influences are shaping us uh, and again for most of us here it's not it's no longer just say the african culture that is shaping us we're living in a globalized world mm. and i think some of us have even bought into the lie that anything western is better uh, i don't think i think that's a fallacy uh, the the point where i'm going anyways is that whatever cultural influences you are permitting to shape you you want to ensure that you are submitting it to um, letting the scripture be the standard, letting the, the God culture in a manner of speaking. Of course, that won't be, you don't live in a vacuum. That's a given. Um, we all have cultural groundings. We all have heritages. We all have a history. We have lineages. We, we didn't just appear here. And there are many factors and influences that have shaped us. But what we're going is that the fact that you're in a Western society doesn't mean that you should let the individualism that is the, the culture of the day um, snuff out the life of Christ in you. Um, still be you, but let God um, be your chief influence. I don't know how better to say it. Uh, be aware, be aware of what's going on around you. And then ask questions, ask the Holy Spirit, let him influence the way you decide to live in spite of what might be the popular culture mm -hmm. or popular opinion um, around you i think that there are many ways in which uh, and this is not trying to say maybe the african culture is superior to anything we all every cultural orientation have their deficits again that's mm -hmm. another given but I think there are just very many um ways in which the african culture tends to literally align with some of the ideas of the Jewish, um, of Judaism, and even of early Christianity. For instance, mm -hmm. this whole concept of taking care of parents, um, that's clearly spelled out. 
um, in, in, in the epistles of how children should honor and obey their parents and things like that. But all that being said, God first, God and others first in terms of how we dispense the resources that he has committed into our hands. And then we can come after that. That's, that's the takeaway today. But what that would look like for each and every one of us, I don't know. Maybe for someone, it's just an invitation to come back and try tighten again. And mm-hmm. I, I, I'm happy to, I'm happy to, to throw that in with a flexible lens to say it's you don't have to necessarily start from ten percent if that's where your heart. You've not even been doing anything, giving anything to church. Okay, start from something, uh, whatever percentage you want to pick it up from and see how you can be consistent with that. And hopefully then that keeps growing as you also grow in grace and in the knowledge of the son of God. So yeah, I'm looking forward to next meeting. Um, and I think Kingsley or someone is taking us. I should also quickly mention, this is just practically, we're done with the meeting. We'll pray in a, meet, in a bit. Um, I should also mention that I know that the order has shifted in terms of because we've skipped one one week and so we're just we, we didn't swap we're just pushing everybody back one week further but if there will be need to make some rearrangements down the line will let us know um before the time comes yeah Annie, you were saying something? okay um annie um closing remarks and then we'll pray Ooh, closing remarks. Uh, you not done the closing remarks. <laughs> okay. Um, closing remarks. Yeah. Um, thank you all for indulging me and making it a comfortable space to, you know, talk today. I enjoyed it. Um. Thank you very much. Thank you for your kind words. In terms of the presentation itself, I, I, it had me thinking as well, because when I watched the video and the first question that came to me before I, I actually did the me, 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 me thing was the first question I asked, when I get money, what's the first thought? Mm-hmm. And obviously I'm guilty because I'm much of a planner and to a fault. And the plan is not, and I, I don't, I'm not impulsive at all. I'm very, very strict with myself in terms of money, probably maybe to a fault. And I don't give room for, you know, all of those adjustments and, you know, maybe God invading my space and telling me this money, use it for this one instead, because I'm like, I want to invest this money. I want to save this money. You know, investment is good, saving is good. Um, but then I need to get the other right as well, God first, and then the saving, and then the spend, spending. So, and that was it. Was a good lesson. It's a good um, session, and I'm happy to have shared it with everyone here and to learn. I learned so much from everyone's contributions. So yeah. much, just so much blessing here. So, thank you all. Thank you. Thank so you, Sal, for the opportunity. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. That's my closing <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. And the, the slides were very helpful. Thank you. Thank um, you. Let's pray. Actually, I feel like calling someone to just give us the closing prayer.
I know Sister YNK would be, it would be work hours for you, but if you are able to talk, are you able to pray for us um, and pray God's blessing over us as we close? Father, we thank you. Thank we, you. we thank you for the privilege um, you've enabled us today to have another great time like this. Yes. We thank you for the things you are teaching us, you know, bi-weekly. It may just look like we're just gathering, but in, in, in it, you are growing us. Mm. You are grooming mm. us mm. to become a better person, a wholesome person, spiritually, mm. financially, physically, maritally, in all areas. Mm. And Lord, we are grateful. We are grateful for, for this opportunity. We are thankful because this is just how it starts from, mm. from, from the disciples, from the multitude, you just gathered 12. And eventually, those 12 changed the world. Mm. Thank you for what you're doing in this forum. Thank you for those who are able to join today. Thank you for those who couldn't make it. Thank you because we trust that your work in us, um, we're a work in progress. And by your grace, we'll come to that expected end yes, that you have for us in the name of Jesus. Amen. We pray as we go from here. For each and every one of us, we ask and pray, O oh Lord, that your spirit, your presence will not depart from our lives, from our homes, in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. And perhaps in the course of today's teaching and this series, maybe there is somebody that is in need, hmm. that is trusting in you one way or the other financially, hmm. materially, or maybe there's a family, there's a home that's the the looking up to you lord we ask and pray that through this um series you will reveal yourself as Amen. the the jehovah diary the great Amen. provider Amen. in the mighty name of jesus Amen. we commit everything about ourselves to you including mm. our finances yes we commit everything into your hands and we ask that the grace to continue to obey you you will grant unto us in Amen. jesus name Amen. by the time we meet next again none of us will be missing Amen. we will not be reduced we will not be found wanting Amen. in jesus name Amen. Amen. Amen.